0: Beautiful to hear all of your voices. Thanks for worshiping. Our God with us as we uh, launch into the message today. uh, We're not quite jumping in to Christmas yet. You come back next week. We'll be jumping fully into our Christmas series as we prepare uh, to build up through Advent and uh, into Christmas Eve. But today we have a special guest speaker with us. Two speakers actually. They are friends and family of ours. uh, Andrew Devaney and Henry and Globe are from Aswan Ministries. They're a partnership of ours. Ministries that we partner with. Andrew and I have been friends for years. Henry and I have just been friends for just over a year, but we partner with their work uh, in Uganda. They run a school called uh, Tendo Education Center that we have helped fundraise for and build classrooms, and uh, so they're going to come up and give us an update a little bit on some of the work in Uganda, and then Andrew's going to share from his heart about not only this ministry, but about the future of what uh, he and I and our leadership team have all been dreaming about, uh, how the porch and how As One can make impacts not only here in our local community, but Uh, in a community just like ours on the other side of the world. So he'll tell you more of those details and we'll unfold those in the coming weeks. Before I turn over the microphone to them, I just want to kind of uh, forecast and remind you that uh, the Christmas offerings that we take at both of our Christmas Eve services uh, will both go fully to support uh, As One. And if you want to give gifts to As One, there's instructions on our website uh, to do that as well. But before they come up, we're going to watch a short video uh, on uh, the Tendo Education Center. And then when that video's Done and the lights come back up. Would you just give them both a warm, warm welcome as they take the stage? Sound good? That's very reassuring. Thanks. Let's watch the video. We
1: are we are very, very happy. We are very, very happy. We are very very happy. This is Tendo Education Centre. This school began in 2016 in Namayemba, Uganda and is a story of God's faithfulness. My name is Henry Ngolove. I am the head teacher and founder of Tendo Education Center. We have grown to a school of Sikhista students. Four teachers, four classrooms, and a feeding program. For sure, thanks to our friends at Dakota Wesleyan University. However, our dreams are much bigger. We not only want to see more children educated, we want to pioneer a new vision for education in Uganda. A vision of creative sustainability. We the people of Namaimba don't want a handout. We don't need sponsorships. We don't want to be dependent on U.S. funds in a long run or for a very long time. We need thoughtful investments, and, and those are going to propel us forward. We want to be empowered. We want to see transformation, but we need your help. Thank you. God bless you.
2: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, some of you know me, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're a little bit tired of seeing my face up here as much as you do. And But I am very excited to welcome my friend, colleague, um, and, and brother in Christ, Hen- Henry, here to the porch. We, we're very, very thankful to be here this morning, so it's good to see you all. Uh, I have some questions that I'm going to ask Henry, uh, and the, the video did a pretty good job explaining who... Henry is and what Tendo Education Center is. Um, But so, for those of you who don't know, Tendo Education Center is a very new school. Uh, It only started two years ago, and it started out of a small mud brick church. Henry left where he was previously working in Rwanda and moved to Uganda and started the school on his own in the church that he was participating in, and he was dividing the church with floor mats. so he could have two classrooms, and while the classrooms were going on, you could hear the other classes at the same time, and it was just a step of faith for him. And now you see it's grown into something, and we're excited about it, we have hopes for it, we believe that all of you are to be a part of it with us, and so I want Henry to share first about who he is. So Henry, tell us who you are. Thank you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord everyone.
1: (laughs) Greetings from Uganda in the name of Jesus. Uh, My name is Henry Ngolewe. This is my second time to be at the Port Church. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for welcoming me again. Uh, I am from Uganda. Uh, I started uh, uh, this vision. Was that the question? Tell us about yourself first. Okay.
2: We, um, wa- we want to know you before
1: you tell us about all the things you do. <laughs> okay. My name is Henry Ngolove. I'm married. I have one wife. I have four kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first one is 13. I've just completed her primary school. And two are in nursery. One is five. Another one is four years. And then I have one girl of 20, 20 months. Yeah. Tell us us about your childhood. What was your life like growing up? Oh, I was born in a community in a smaller village uh, in Uganda, Eastern region. And uh, I was born going to a primary school within the same community of Namayemba. I grew up living in a smaller house. It's a hut, a grass roof, smaller house. Uh, And when I went to Namayemba Primary School, I was studying in a school of about 202 students. I continued growing up, going to such schools, even in my high school, in a community still. I went to Boston College with about 160 students in a classroom. Yeah, students were many, but we had to grow up knowing that we shall have a good future when we go through education system. Thank
2: you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some, something that we believe is that when we see poverty and we experience the things that that Many people are living through in Uganda, we don't, we don't actually see like beggars. And we don't see people who are needy, but we see potential. And we see dreamers. And we see people who can be future teachers and doctors and nurses and who have a future. And so that, that's my belief of Henry is that he's a dreamer. And so three years ago before the school even started, God had laid something on your heart. And what was your dream before this ever began?
1: Uh, thank you. Uh, the dream I had was to serve this community of Namayemba, depending on what I was seeing as the previous life. Uh, it wasn't easy life at all at first, because I remember, uh, for us studying in a school of 202 students, 160 students, I would see it as like overcrowded classes. Mm-hmm. Then my dream was like, uh, God, I need to work very much that we can serve this community better, how? that's when i came up with the dream of starting tendo education center in this community of namaemba to see that we can avoid the overcrowded classes uh, have students who can be attended to by uh, a teacher individually as we know there are people who are living in a hard life in this community but we knew that they have the potential if we can handle them through this system of education we can be able to lift them to uplift these children and they can do better and serve their community to the expectation, yeah. So I came up with this dream of Tendo Education Center, and uh, we started uh, with about 60 students, 30 students last year.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then this year, we have been enrolling more students, and uh, we have been able to have about 80 students, and they are now doing better. We are serving them, I remember, when i was going to school and i'm going on foot not even having shoes i was like will i really make it one day but i want to tell you i just trust god that we've been able to set up tendo education center and we are serving these students they are now having a future they are focusing at a future students who are now able at least to speak english teachers have been able to attend to them individually. Student comes, I have this problem, help me teacher. And students are able to attend, teachers are able to attend to them individually. than when students were like 200 200, 200, 200, 160 students, very many students. So this is the dream we had and it's coming realized.
2: Yeah, no, it's really, really exciting. Um... So so one thing that, that is a little bit unique about this is that is that this actually isn't our school. This is an as one school. This is a school that's owned by the local community. It's owned owned by people in the local community. And our goal is to help build it up in a way that in f- five years from now it could be a financially sustainable school where it will not need any handouts, it will not need any provision. But up to this point, it will need infrastructure built up and income generators put in place to help the school function to that to that level. And, and we don't really think that this is something that, that we're doing necessarily, but this is the work of all of us. This is the work that we're all doing. That's, that's where the name, that's where the heart of it comes from, is that this is what happens when God's people come together towards a common cause. And yeah, so, so Henry, I just want, want you to end by talking about what difference you have seen, not only in your school, but in the community through some of the other projects that we have, and what you have seen impacted by the people that are here.
1: Uh, this community has been impacted in that. When I came last time, for instance, the people here at the porch were able to contribute funds that enabled us to go and move a step ahead. We had to start the construction of the classrooms. You know, as we told you, we had a muddy church. We just used it to separate it with papyrus mats. Those who have had a chance to look at the papyrus <laughs> mats physically, <laughs> yeah. Now, time came when we came and raised the funds. We were able to start the construction of the classrooms, and we constructed, so far, four classrooms. And now, our students are able to attend their classes in those four classrooms, and uh, we are able to take care of them in those classrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, are, they have also been able to get school uniforms. You know, it's always difficult for people, like, in other places buy uniform for the student, they come, today they don't have, this day they have. So we decided and made it as a school obligation that we shall buy uniforms and have them on the school, at the school. So students, when they come, they receive uniforms at school. Uh, when they come, uh, they have lunch at school. And all these have been realized because of the impact that we have created to this community of Namemba. So I will appreciate so much your commitment and fundraising that you did the last time. It didn't go for nothing, for sure. You did a great, great job. Just clap for yourselves for that.
2: <laughs> and so, so to close, I'm going to have Henry teach you this little thing that they always do in their church. It's a hallelujah. Um, be, because it's, it's fun, and it'll give you a little Ugandan experience.
1: Yeah. So this is how we appreciate. We are like, hallelujah. And then you have to say, yeah. Amen? So we're going to try it. Hallelujah? Again, hallelujah? Amen. God bless you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
2: give Henry a round of applause.
1: Yeah. You're good. You
2: You can take the mic with you. So to transition, um, I, I would like... To pray quick, um, or not quick, but, but yeah, if you, if you would join me, join me in prayer. Uh, God, we are all here because of you. And like the early disciples would gather together around a historical event happen, happening, Of Jesus raising from the dead, they believed that it actually changed something. That it actually changed everything about our existence. That Jesus is the risen Christ who will come again. And so, Lord, as we're here today, I know that all of us come from very, very different walks of life in different scenarios. And we come with our own pain, and we come with our own baggage, and we come with our own difficult situations. And this morning, we believe that you are a God that is not far off, but you are very near, and you are very present. And like the psalmist says, though my flesh and my heart may fail, God is my strength and my portion forever. We, we pray, God, that you would be all of our portion. And that we would be able to give you everything. And God, that that that, just maybe, just maybe, you would do something different in us today. That, that you would change the course, that you would change the directory, and you would send us on a new path forward, living in faith. So Lord, we, we are thankful for Henry. And we are thankful for everything that you are doing in this community. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and that you would move and that you would draw our attention towards the living God. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm, I'm very excited to be here with you. Uh, I know the last couple weeks you guys have been talking about what, what it means to be rich. What does the rich life look like? What does a a rich life in the kingdom of heaven look like versus, versus maybe the American dream? And that we live under a master who has an abundance and that everything we actually have is his. And so we can be this kind of people who is a sent people and we can risk and we can give and we can give of ourselves and we can give of everything that we have because we know who the master is. But this morning, we're going to change course a little bit, and we're going to talk about vision, and we're going to talk about God's vision, and we're going to talk about where this whole thing is headed, where the history that we are living in, where the future is actually pointing us towards. And so if you'll join me, uh, open up to Revelation chapter 21 you have your phones or your Bibles, and I think somebody in the back might have Bibles too. Um, anyways, yeah, Re- Revelation chapter 21. Didn't mean to put you guys on the spot back there. <laughs> if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Um, Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 1. This is the vision that God gave to John on the island of Patmos as he was arrested, as, his, as he was imprisoned. Oh, there you are. (laughs) Um, And John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. In the Old Testament, the sea in the creation narrative uh, represents chaos. There's no longer any chaos. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, behold, God's dwelling place is now among the people. God's dwelling place is with us. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and he will be their God. And then listen to this picture. This is, this is where the future is headed. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death and there will be no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away and he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, For these words are true and trustworthy. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost, from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. Can I get a porch church? Amen. That this is the picture of God's future world. Isaiah prophesies something very similar in Isaiah chapter 11. And he says "This, this world that we're headed towards, this world of peace, of flourishing, where God is dwelling once again with humanity will be a picture of where the wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion with the yearling together. Little children will be the ones leading them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw with the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. And the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. And they will neither harm nor destroy. On all my holy mountain, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Are you getting this picture? Are you getting this vision that God has for His future world? I think the call of faith is to live in complete and total anticipation of that world. The author of Hebrews says that faith is having assurance or confidence in what we hope for and assurance of the things that we do not see. This is a world that is yet to come It is far off. But the people of God are to live in complete and total anticipation of it. The church is to help make that future reality, that future hope, a present reality. Are you guys with me this morning? Yes? And so Will and I were audacious enough to dream together about what this would look like for the Porch Church. You know, what, what... what a partnership would look like between As One and The Porch, and that this would be something that we're all doing together, that we're all being transformed by, that we're all trying to grab this Revelation chapter 21 kind of vision. And so when we talk about sustainable schools in Uganda, we're talking about a world where there will no longer be children who do not have the opportunity to have an education. We're talking about a world where there are children who will actually have a chance to eat every day. We're talking about men and women and children who will grow up with jobs, who will be restored into their God-given dignity and purpose. We're talking about that this is something that we could all do together. Five years from now, ten years from now, we could see an entire community transformed. Does this make you excited? This is what we're talking about. And, and you know what I believe? that I believe that as we do that, that actually this place, this very place where you reside, will be transformed as well. That I drive down and I see what is going on in Aurora. And I see the economic disparity. I see people who are suffering. And I, and I believe wholeheartedly that the church can rise up and do something about it that the porch can can really live into its name and be a light in a dark world i believe that the church can make this kind of difference and i'm here this morning and this is like totally vulnerable because i hate feeling like i fail at anything just my personality. And we, we're, we're trying to set up pathways to make this vision a reality. We're trying to set up pathways where this is just not an idea, but it's something that all of us own together, right? This is not about me. This is not about Henry. This is not about Will. This is about all of us. And we have nobody at this point who is going to come on this trip to Uganda. And I do believe that it is the first step to seeing this partnership come to fulfillment. I do believe that it is the first step to capturing this Revelation 21 kind of vision. And I know for some of you here, there come, this kind of trip would come with a lot of logistical issues. You might not have the money. You might not have a clue where the money would come from if you were to fundraise it. You might not have time. You might have kids at home. I can continue to name the inconveniences because yes, they are real. But I'm standing here humbly before you because I want you to go. And I want you to come. And I want you to be a part of this kind of vision. And I've gotten the question, like, what difference can I make in a week and a half? What difference can I make in 10 days? Over there and, and you know what, I will, I will give you full assurance at this very moment that I promise you you will not change the world in 10 days. But I also promise you that the world will change you, and that by taking a step of faith, God will do something radically different in your lo- in your life. I promise you that. The New Testament is full, is full of this idea of becoming. That I believe wholeheartedly that the Christian faith is not actually primarily about what we do with our lives. I also do not think being a Christian or being a follower of Jesus is about having like a certain set of beliefs that we all agree to and so we gather around those. I don't think they're either. I believe that that the message of Jesus, that the letters of Paul, that the vision in the New Testament is about becoming a certain kind of person who is fit for this other kingdom. This kingdom of heaven that Jesus came to talk about. It's about becoming a person who can live in this kingdom life. And so when I invite you to come to Uganda with me, I'm inviting you into a journey of becoming and being a part of. Because I do believe that during that time you might not change the world, but the world will surely change you. And so I want to talk a little bit about my own journey. can't seem to figure out where it, this is my water. Um, I want to talk about my own journey. And I want to talk about how this impacted my life. How the world actually did end up changing me. I went to Tanzania for the first time when I was in college. I was like 19 years old. And I was pumped. And I was pumped to go make a difference. And I remember that we were going, you know, we were, I, it was a group full of girls and me. So they were probably so sick of me by the end of it. Um, and, and I remember it was an immersion Cultural immersion experience and educational experience. And I was like not going to be gung-ho for that. I was going to go and I was going to make a difference. I was going to go and I was going to see people saved. I was going to go and I was going to care for the orphan and the widow. I was going to be around the most vulnerable people. That's what I was going to do. I was going to go and I was going to change the world is what I believed. And so I went on this trip and I, I kind of went against the grain on everything. I was frustrated with everybody and I, I wished that we were doing more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to fa- feel like I could make a bigger difference. And I remember that there was this point we were spending time at an orphanage, which was like a sweet spot for me. And I remember I was playing with the kids and, and there was this, couple, this group of kids that just absolutely loved me. And I, w- I was so much fun. I was having them on my shoulder, and I was running around with them, and I was putting them on my head, and I was swinging them and throwing them up in the air. They were amazed by how much arm hair I have. <laughs> and we, they brought me into their room, and they showed me their, where they slept. They showed me little pictures that they had gotten. These two little boys like clung on to me like, like I was their hero. Their names were Joshua and Derek. And I taught them how to use a camera, and I left that time with them, and I felt so good about myself. You know, I felt like I could go home and I could share with my family and friends. Like, I went, I like took care of these orphans, and they loved me. But I remember the day that we left, how sad those boys were. I remember they had this little tears, like run down the side of their face. As I'm like standing there feeling so good. And that picture stuck with me. And I never really knew what to do about it. I never really knew what to think about that whole experience that I had. And so when I was preparing to go to Uganda for the first time. We read, a, we read an article called The Good Missionary. And it was written by a Kenyan boy who grew up as an orphan and ended up making his way to the United States. And he talked about his experience as an orphan. And he talked about how groups from the United States would want to come in, and they would want to make a difference. They would want to impact people. Said so they would come in, and they always felt like they had to be doing something. It's funny, funny how we are. Always felt like they had to be doing something, painting a wall, building a building. They could never just learn from us. They could never just sit with us. And when they did, as a child, all, all the adults got really close to us, and they became such good friends with us, and they could go home, and they could share pictures, and they could feel good about themselves. But you know what this, little or, this, this orphan described is he described how hurt he was, and how, how he had to go through this cycle over and over and over again of people getting close to him and him feeling so attached, and then them leaving, and him realizing that he had nobody, he had no family. But at least he could make these other these other mazungus, is what they, they call us in East Africa. That's the name. They could make the Mazungus feel good about themselves. And this like wrecked wrecked me. I remember my first time, I was like, I did it wrong the entire time. And this is when the world started to change me and I stopped feeling like I had to change the world. And I'm going to tell you, the porch church, this is where it all begins. This is when everything begins to change. So I went to Uganda and I had no desire at all to get like close to anybody, but I wanted to learn. I just wanted to observe. I wanted to make Friendships. And there was this little boy who would not leave me alone at all. And so I'm going to tell this story not for the sake of, like, patting myself on the back or anything like that, but, but to help you see what happens when you let the world change you. Because, yeah, so, so I met this, this little boy who would not leave me alone. And he's this cute little kid, and he, like, was always wearing a tux. And he'd walk up to me. And he'd like look at me and grab, grab my hand, all because one time I gave him a brick to help, help us carry these bricks that, that we were moving. And so the whole time there, anywhere that we were, everyone would, would be like, Derek is here, Andrew. Derek found you. And, and he'd, he'd come up and, and walk up and just stand there. He couldn't speak any English. And I was like, oh, God, what are you doing right now? Um, and Derek eventually brought me to his home. And I went to his home, and like Henry was describing what he grew up in, he, he lived in this little mud home with a grass-thatched roof. And Derek brought me inside and showed me uh, some of his things and showed me the bed that he slept on, and he, I, I brought a translator with, and this was the bed that him and his grandma shared, this little twin bed. And I was like, uh, so who live in all these other houses? He's like, those are my brothers and sisters. I was like, how many of those do you have? And he said, nine. I was like, so where are your parents? And he said, my dad uh, lives far away, and he comes back on occasion, and I have a couple moms. I said, so are these brothers and sisters from the same mom? No, all different moms. Really? I asked the translator, I said, Does Derek go to school? No, Derek can't afford to go to school. He doesn't have anybody to, to help him. And if you put the slide up, this this is a picture of Derek today. Derek is now a 10-year-old boy who for some reason God placed in my life and he wouldn't leave me alone. And I remember there were suggestions that this orphan boy had made in this article. And he had said, When you go on these trips, think long-term. Think long-term relationships. Do not think about the impact that you can make. Think about long-term relationships. Make a long-term commitment. And so I gathered a couple people and we figured out a way to sponsor Derek to to be able to go to school. Now Derek, a, a little boy who doesn't really have a family, He's kind of all over the place. Is now seen as this little ten-year-old community leader, and he can speak English. He'll translate for me when I'm there. He's a model to all the other kids in the community. He's he's brilliant, so smart. He hopes to be a pilot someday. He hopes to make an impact in his own community. And this is my story of what happened when I, stopped, when I stopped thinking that I had to go and change the world and I allowed the world to change me. And I will tell you, I feel like I have nothing to do with the success of Derek. I feel like I have nothing to do with what As One is. I believe that it is a collection of people who are willing to let the world change them who are willing to let relationships that they make change them. And this is my invitation to you. I know that most of you here do not feel like you are capable or have the means to go to Uganda, but I believe that we can see so much happen in here, in this church, in this community, and around the world if we become people who believe that we can become changed by the relationships that we make. So I'm going to invite you to come. I want you to come. And actually, I feel like I need you to come. And I don't know who's interested. I'll be in the back. Would love to talk to you. Will would love to talk to you. And we would love to see what could happen out of this friendship. You guys with me? So if you'll you'll pray, I'm going to invite the band to come up. I'm going to close in prayer. And I hope you know that I am so thankful to even be here, to stand here, and to know all of you. Uh, So let's close in prayer. Jesus, when you walked up to your disciples and you said, Come follow me, they just dropped everything. And they went. And for those of us who've, who've been a part of the faith for a long time, we feel like, like we maybe graduate from that. maybe graduate from that, that come and follow me. And I know that going to Uganda is not that come and follow me for everybody in this room, but for those who it is for. Let's go and let's be a part of what God is doing. Let's go and let's be transformed by what the risen Jesus Christ is doing around the world. That's my prayer. God, would you give us faith to live in anticipation of this Revelation 21 picture where there is no more pain, no more tears, no more crying, and death will be no more. And help us to live in anticipation of this future world that you have in store. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for this day. Amen.